0: 18 plus
2: hello and welcome to yet another episode of the one shot podcast the cricket podcast of the sports gazette where we have so much stuff to talk about in the cricket world cup another very interesting week very eventful week in the world cup and once again, we have Michael with us. Michael, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Ayush. How are you? Ah, good. Can't complain with so much exciting stuff going on in the World Cup. Oh, yeah. It's been a good week, hasn't it? Ah, great week. And we also have Will today with us for the first time. Will also from the Sports Gazette. And we are thrilled he could take a little bit of time out from his busy Rugby World Cup schedule <laughs> to join us for the cricket. Will, how are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm very good. Thanks, Ayush. Uh, excited to be here for my first episode and uh, even more excited to see how the England-South Africa doubleheader is going to go this weekend.
2: Yeah, that's that's interesting, right? Both of them playing uh, each other in rugby as well as cricket, the two World Cups. And wouldn't it be funny if, or interesting rather, I shouldn't say funny, if England win the rugby match and South Africa win the cricket match? We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Will, where are your loyalties?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm backing a South Africa win in in both the cricket and the rugby. Um, As a a proud Welshman, uh, I might might have a bit of bias uh, there, but no, they're going to be two very interesting and compelling matches, I'm sure.
2: Absolutely. And let's get right into it. So the last time when we were recording the podcast, uh, South Africa and the Netherlands were in a very interesting juncture in that match. And I'm sure all of you listening know what happened because it was one of the biggest talking points of the week. The Netherlands once again beating South Africa in a World Cup. It happened last year at the T20 World Cup and now at the ODI World Cup. Uh, Michael, let me get your thoughts on that first. What do you make of that game and South Africa? I mean, what's with the unpredictability? It
1: was absolutely crazy, wasn't it? I mean, I said on the weekend... Uh, in my article, after Afghanistan beat England, there aren't going to be many upsets like that. But I mean, South Africa, uh, South Africa, Netherlands—it's just as big, I'd say. Um, the form South Africa were in coming into the game, uh, and Netherlands didn't look, you know, too good in the tournament so far. Um, so yeah, it was it was crazy. It was great. It was great for the for the World Cup, I think.
2: Definitely. And speaking about that, you know, South Africa going into that match in form and expected to at least, you know, absolutely roll over Netherlands will. Uh, they hammer Sri Lanka in that first game, smashing 430 plus runs. Mm-hmm. Then they hammer Australia, five-time champs. And four days after that, they lose to the Netherlands. What do you make of where the South Africa is Um, What's what? What actually ails them in these situations when they look like they're such a good team? And is it the pressure that's getting to them? What do you think?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it seems as if uh, the Netherlands are becoming a bit of a bogey team uh, (laughs) for South Africa at World Cups. Um, Yeah, everyone was expecting a sort of a a pretty easy victory for South Africa in that match, but uh, well, it's a shame actually. Toby can't be here today because he's a a big Dutch cricket fan. (laughs) Um, and he had predicted uh, a Dutch win in this World Cup. And, uh, well, there we go. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to see the sort of associate nations, um, which don't really get much of a chance, much exposure to play the, you know, your South Africa's, England's, New Zealand's, but showing on the big stage that they have got that ability to,
2: cause really quite a major upset uh, on the biggest stage of all definitely and huge upset but like will mentioned it's so important for these associate nations and we i guess we'll see more of these results and maybe get to a point where there won't be such big upsets if these associate nations get more chances to play uh, the test playing nations and these top 10 teams apart from world cups as well because right now you see in, you know, in those four-year cycles, how often do they play teams like England, India, Australia, for that matter? Not hardly. I mean, it's very less compared to what these top teams play, bilateral cricket among each other. So, yeah, it would be very important for the growth of the game as well to see these teams. Uh, will this South Africa, do you feel South Africa should make any drastic changes to their setup or just be like, OK, this was a one-off? yeah, we lost to Netherlands, but we've beaten Australia, we've beaten Sri Lanka, let's just go with the flow, no major changes, what do you think?
0: I think what we're seeing with this World Cup is, is that you don't need to win every match to get through to the semi-finals. Um, The competition is more fierce than ever, um, where we're going to see these shocks, Afghanistan beating England, Netherlands beating South Africa, Um, but I think as long as... You are winning, you know, your six, seven matches. There is a pretty good chance of uh,
1: getting into that top four um, in the end. Especially at the moment with um, Pakistan looking like they're going to lose to Australia. I mean, that fourth spot has opened up massively in the table. I mean, it could be England, could be Pakistan, could be Australia, South Africa. You know, it's so open now. And um, yeah, it's definitely going to be an exciting end to the group stage for the rest of the month.
2: And Michael, do you think that, you know, guys like David Miller, Henry Klaassen need to step up a bit more? What are your thoughts on that? Because you saw the first time Quentin De Aidan Markham didn't really fire. Uh, They faltered eventually. And Miller's, you know, we touched upon at the start as well in doing our predictions, I think. I believe it was me who said that Miller's going to be their most important player in this tournament, given his experience playing in these conditions, IPL as well. Do you think that, they have a little bit to worry about when it comes to the batting or again just a hiccup move on
1: no i don't think i don't think they i don't think you can blame david miller really i think that's really harsh i think he had no one to go with him he had, he had a solid innings um when he was in there with Janssen, i think they looked like they could maybe uh, meet the run total but yeah i think we're seeing the kind of negatives of south africa picking uh, six batsmen, five bowlers sort of thing, um, or is it, yeah, six batsmen, five bowlers. They, they need a few more all-rounders, I think, to go with that middle order, players like David Miller, because the the bowlers just crumbled when they got in. Uh, I mean, Maharaj actually had a decent knock, 40 runs, off 37 balls, but yeah, other than that, I think if they had those all-rounders in the team, they would have beat the Netherlands for sure. Yeah, well, just to add to that, uh, Michael, I mean,
0: what this really showed us how important those early wickets are uh, on Indian pitches. You're not going to win most matches when you're 44 for four, uh, 11 overs in yeah. to the match, right? I mean, I, I don't care who you are, you know, South Africa, India, England. Yeah, It is a very difficult task from there to set a competitive total. Uh, That's really going to challenge, even the likes of the Netherlands. And obviously, the Netherlands knocked the runs off
1: pretty, uh, pretty comfortably in the end. I think what we've seen a lot in this tournament as well is um, kind of a good partnership, and then a wicket will fall, and then it will be another wicket, another wicket, another wicket, and it'll be a lot of the teams don't seem to be able to kind of re-establish partnerships. Uh, I mean, we saw with Bangladesh yesterday, they had a great opening partnership of litton das and Tanzid. Um, but then as soon as one of them went out, they just kind of crumbled against India. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's one of my takeaways from the World Cup so far. I think um, having players that are solid and reliable maybe is... The way to go in number three number four in the order
0: and as well yeah just just to add to that it shows the importance of all-rounders on Indian pitches you know just looking at that match uh yesterday with New Zealand Afghanistan you got you know Latham and Phillips knocking you know 70 runs each um in the middle part of that innings and it, it just shows the importance of that middle order to really bump the score up uh, if the top order is not performing.
2: Definitely some very good points there from both of you, especially with the all-rounders, like you mentioned Will, and, uh, you know, Michael, you also spoke about partnership batting. And, yeah, it's it's that, it's that old kind of a cliche maybe in cricket, partnership batting, the anchor role, stuff like that. But we see, especially on these wickets, how important that is and the big teams have been doing that well even so, saw it
1: today with australia i mean Steve's uh, david warner and mitchell marsh started really well but then as soon as they went out glenn maxwell golden duck steve smith rubbish innings um stoinis didn't do much uh, i'm not sure if anyone else came in after that but it was a good total that australia put up but it could have been so much more and um yeah yeah i think that's quite interesting
2: yeah and The fact that they didn't eventually get to those 390-400-plus score has put Pakistan in contention to win this match. They would have gotten 400, could have, I think, might as well just finish the match then and there. So, yes, that's another point. We will keep an eye on the top four, the qualification. Like Michael mentioned, the South Africa loss has blown the table wide open once again. But two teams that have not been having those issues so far, India and New Zealand. We'll get to New Zealand first uh michael again so convincing missing kane williamson uh that injury was the talk in the build up to that the match against uh, afghanistan the other day and they were playing a tricky team in afghanistan who were just coming on of the back on the back of a win against england uh but new zealand don't look like they're flustered by anything at all what do you make of that
1: well yeah i think I think you're right. I don't think they looked convincing. I think I mean they were 110 for 4 and they had to mm. kind of rally with uh, Phillips and Tom Latham having mm. a really good knock both of them. But um yeah, I mean I think they've obviously been the second best team in the tournament so far, won every game. And India New Zealand on Sunday is going to be a really good one. Um In terms of Williamson, I don't think they're going to miss him too much. I think Rashid Ravindra has looked really good. Devon Conway looked really good as well. Uh, And even Will Young contributed with a half-century as well uh, against Afghanistan. Uh, And in the field, bowling, uh, getting wickets, Afghanistan just crumbled, 139 all out. Um, So, yeah, really solid. Keep marching on.
2: Will, what do you think about the Williamson thing specifically? I mean, yes... These guys have been, the others have been performing very well, like Michael mentioned, Rachin Ravindra specifically, the youngsters coming in and impressed everyone. But what is your take on whether the Williamson factor will be a big, big thing going forward?
0: Oh, it's huge. Um, You know, Kane Williamson, the stalwart really of Kiwi cricket Um, in the past sort of few years, moving on to a decade. And yeah, I think... It's a massive loss. You know, he just come back from that long uh, layoff due to the ACL injury. Um, straight away, he's picked up this sort of freak uh, thumb injury. And now who knows when he's going to be back. But of course, you're going to miss somebody who averages, you know, over 48 in ODIs. You know, that's not something to be taken lightly. And I think he's going to be a massive loss if he doesn't. Make it back.
1: Well, uh, he w- he will be back by the end of the group stage. Right. Um, so he'll be there for the semi final and the final, supposedly. And they're going to make it out of the group. So I think, I think they'll be all right. You know,
2: it will be an interesting thing to see going forward whether Williamson makes it back uh, just in time so that he gets a little bit of game time before the semis as well. One thing is there. We'll we'll hope that this injury this. You know, this freak injury, like Will put it rightly, doesn't rule him out of the tournament entirely. Because if New Zealand are going to go all the way and win the title, Kane Williamson, as captain, deserves to lift that trophy, especially after what happened in 2019 and the way he's led this team over the years. Well, their opponents on Sunday are going to be outright the best team of the tournament so far, India. Will, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean they've been pretty good so far, haven't they? Um obviously a standout performance yesterday, uh with Virat. I mean, unbelievable century, right? Uh he's he's looked in really quite formidable form so uh so far this World Cup. I think a couple of eighties, half century and now this unbeaten ton to back that up. Um and again he just showed his strength in chasing. Um some people call him the Chase Monster, um, yeah. and yeah, he really showed that again. I think that was his 27th century whilst chasing uh, in ODIs, and that is just a, an incredible record, you know. And it it takes a figure such as Coley, who has been, you know, under the cosh a little bit um, over the last few years, but I think he's showing his class now, and this could be his sort of crowning moment um, in his career
2: michael will the chase monster get get that uh, you know get that odi hundreds record before this before the end of this world cup he's one behind sachin tendulkar he's got 48 sachin has 49 two more 50 and the record do you think it's going to happen in this world cup
1: um well it's an interesting one uh i think yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean this is, that's that's been, you know, a big storyline surrounding Kohli in this tournament. Um and he's looked class so far to be fair, you know. 280s and 100, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh I mean, I personally think he hasn't been India's best batsman, you know. I think Rohit Sharma's looked better. Um and a bit more devastating when he, you know, when he starts off. So yeah, um, not the standout India player for me, but, well, he definitely was yesterday, but, um, yeah, he'll probably break Sachin's re-
2: record. Mm, and uh, Rad Kohli's form reminds me of someone who's not been performing very well, Michael Barbarazam. We have to speak about him. Do we have to? As, <laughs> as we're talking, he's again gotten out for a low score against Australia in a chase that they really need him to fi- They needed him to fire. Uh What's it's not clicking? His captaincy also did not click in the previous match, uh, but I, I'm guessing you're confident of a big Babar Azam comeback. I don't know. Forward.
1: After every game, as every game goes on, I get more, less, and get more and more uh, regretful of that prediction at the start of the tournament. Um Yeah, I, I think people questioning his captaincy is crazy, though. Right? I mean. He's the king, he's Babar, you know. Yeah. If you talk to any anyone from Pakistan, they say, yeah, Babar Azam is the man. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't get rid of him as captain, but Pakistan have not been performing. To be fair, as we're recording this podcast, they're 203 for free, chasing Australia's 368. So we'll see where that goes. They're, they're looking okay, but Babar went out too early. 18 runs, not good enough, um, for sure, yeah.
2: King Kohli or King Baba, the debate will keep going on. But guys, there's another very interesting thing that happened in the India-Bangladesh game. I'd like to get your thoughts on that because more than, again, Kohli and more than the victory, more than Rohit, India, everything, this is something that people have been talking a lot about is what umpire Richard Kettleborough did uh, just at towards the end of the match where India needed two to win. Uh, the bowler bowled a wide and Kohli was in 97 and the umpire did not give it a wide. And again, the laws versus the spirit of the game debate cropped up. That's something that cricket will, you know, can never get rid of. And it's a, it's, I think it's a good debate to have. Will, what do you make of what Cattleborough did?
0: Um, it just reminds me of an incident in the CPL a few years ago. Um, where Evan Lewis was on for one of the fastest centuries of all time right in uh, T20s I think he was on for a 33 ball century yeah, uh, remarkable hitting but uh, and this is where the, the question of sportsmanship comes into it Kyron Pollard went on to bowl a no ball mm. when they required one run to win therefore stopping Evan Lewis from uh, securing the century so Yeah, I was just thinking about that incident and I feel like you've got to stick to the rules here, right? Um, The laws are there for a reason. What if this happens in a a World Cup final um, where, you know, the scores are really tight and one run really matters? I'm I'm not convinced by the decision.
1: Do you know what? I, I don't mind it. I think in the circumstances... I don't think the umpires has done anything too crazy here. You know, India were guaranteed the win at that stage. Yeah, They're playing at home. The Indian crowd, the World Cup is made for moments like this. And if Kohli didn't come away with a century, I mean, the six on the last ball is just, you know, cinema. You know, uh, that's the stuff you want to see at a World Cup. And this World Cup hasn't had too much cinema, it's fair to say, especially Kohli hasn't had much cinematic moments so far so i think i don't think it's the end of the world and i, I don't think an umpire would do that in the in the final to be honest uh, the fact that they were running away with the win is definitely a factor i think
2: yeah we've, it, it's again two different sides of the coin uh, we'd love to know where you guys stand on it as well whoever's listening it's that debate we've, we've not had the non-striker announced so far at this World Cup or the mancade that you know we like to call it. But we've had this that has brought up this laws versus spirit debate again. Well, we'll see what happens with that. But India and New Zealand, big match coming up this weekend. Uh Michael, do you think New Zealand will finally be able to stop the Indian juggernaut?
1: Well, it's gonna be India's biggest test so far of the tournament. Um New Zealand have looked really solid so far. Um yeah, I think India will just carry on winning. To be honest, I think um, they look really good, and they look—they don't look like the home pressure is a factor so far. You know, um, so uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'll go India win. Um, Rohit Sharma, century. I think.
2: So that that another century is coming yeah, from Rohit. Yeah. right? yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. Will, what do you make of that game?
0: Um, I think home crowds in doing, as simple as that. Uh, I think they've shown too much strength so far in their middle order. Uh, their spinners really suit pitchers as well. Obviously, they're, they're used to the, the home soil. Um, but I think yeah, they they're gonna have too much uh, for New Zealand come Sunday without wi- Williamson
2: inside. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about everything that happens in their game when we you know when we have our next episode early next week. We've not had an interesting, or rather an interesting, I should say, a close final over or last ball encounter so far at this World Cup. And wouldn't it be great if India New Zealand is that match? We'll see. And that brings us to the big one, another big one over the weekend, England, South Africa. Uh, Problems, I think bigger problems for England, now big problems for South Africa as well, which we did not see coming at the start of the week, we thought that they would go into this match three wins out of three. They have a few problems as well, but given how the table is right now, England are the ones who are lagging behind in desperate need of a win. Let's talk about the selection first, Michael. Yeah. Uh, ben Stokes expected to come back in. Who does he replace? Who would you like? And who else would you like to see in the team?
1: It's a really tough call. Uh, it's really tough. I think it's going to be an, an amazing game. I mean, there's... Whoever lose, I think there's so much to lose in this game, whoever loses I don't think qualifies for the semi-final. Um, and I think both teams have some of the most exciting batters uh, in the tournament, to be honest, and that's why I think it's going to be a, a great watch. Um, Stokes coming in, it's really tough because uh, Harry Brook was the obvious one to come out, but he played so well. He was the only player who played well, really, against Afghanistan. Um, I think they keep both of them in. I think Chris Wokes has to come out. Um, if, I mean, I mean, there's talk about that Ben Stokes is, he's not fit enough to bowl, but if they could get some overs out of him, that would be a massive bonus. Um, but I think Chris Wokes comes out and I think Moe and Ali should come in. I think we need an, the extra spinning depth and maybe, Liam Livingstone could come out if Moeen Alley comes in. Moeen Alley could replace the spin of Livingstone. And Livingstone hasn't really put too many runs on the board so far in the tournament. Um, so maybe Stokes could come in for him at number four, push Brook down the order a bit. So then, you know, you still have a good batter in Moeen Alley, but he also provides, you know, quality spin.
2: And Harry Brook, uh, many believe, would be the obvious name to sit out uh, once... Ben Stokes came back in, but the way he played in the last match, the only, the the only player who looked good in that Afghanistan loss, now it's difficult to kind and of. Adil Rashid,
1: Bowdwell, you know. No, but in the batting. In batting, I mean.
2: yeah, 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 batting. Yeah. Will, what do you think, Ben Stokes? If once if he's fit, he's definitely going to come on in, right? That's not a debate at all. But who sits out? Who would you like to see in the team?
0: I think Stokes coming back is just going to be a huge morale boost, right, Uh, for England. You know, he's the test captain, showed such class and grit during that Ashes series, and I think he's going to slot straight back into this uh, ODI setup and really give them that boost, which I think they require uh, at the moment, especially after, I mean, that defeat in the last match. Uh, I think the onus is on England more than South Africa. I think... If England lose, uh, they, they will not be making it out of uh, the group stages. I think South Africa have enough points on the board already. Um, and, you know, then beating England as well would push them even further on um, in the table. So, yeah, I think the pressure is really big time on, uh, on England at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was so much more expected of England <clears throat> going into the tournament than South Africa, I think. I think most people had them as their as semi-final, as kind of nailed on to be in the semi-finals, whereas South Africa were kind of fifth and sixth favourites maybe. Um, but yeah, so I think England definitely have more to lose. Um, they, ha- they have to win tomorrow, for
2: sure. They do. It's with The margins of error are so, le- so small, so little, in this World Cup and with England having lost two, uh, yeah, maybe there's an outside chance if they lose tomorrow and then win all of their games but they can't really bank on stuff like that, right, They because it will get even difficult going forward because they still have to play India as well and the big England Australia games always a tasty clash. So yeah, we'll see England's progress as well. Uh, that was what we have from the World Cup but another major development this past week that uh, we even touched upon uh, touched upon a little bit on the previous episode, uh, Michael, you were there, was cricket's inclusion in the Olympics. It has been made official now that cricket will be one of the five new sports that will be added for the Los Angeles uh, 2028 Games and ideally, of course, going forward as well. Uh, will, let me start with you. How do you see this this entire development It's huge. It's absolutely huge that cricket is part of the Olympics, it's big for the game, but do you think it's bigger for the Olympics than the sport itself?
0: Oh yeah, without doubt. I mean, it's a massive development uh, in the sport of cricket. It's obviously only been played once uh, in the Olympics before. Great Britain are the reigning Olympic champions uh, with that victory against France uh That's a the, the 1900 olympics uh funny funny little anecdote actually it was a devon touring sides that got pulled in to play that olympics no. uh, game you know fancier match yeah they they went back to devon with uh, an olympic gold medal but um yeah i'm i'm torn personally um mm. on a cricketing side i'm not particularly sure um that it's going to be you know that Big of a development for the the women's and men' game, uh, but of course the financial side of things is just huge. Um, I saw the other day that the uh, the Olympic broadcast rights in India is reportedly gonna go up tenfold, yeah. uh, from sort of fifteen million to one hundred and fifty million uh, pounds for the La Twenty Eight Olympic Games, and uh, you know that that is where the sort of the the base of the decision is um i think was especially with india right uh, hoping for a 2036 olympics bid so i think the uh, the ioc had that uh, in the corner of their minds too but yeah massive development
2: yeah definitely definitely huge development uh the la games are supposed expected to be Six to eight teams right now is what they're saying. We'll, of course, get more details on that, on the format, the qualification scenarios, stuff like that. But we believe the USA will be one of the teams that will play uh, virtue of being the hosts. Uh, but Michael, what do you do? You think that, of course, six to eight, it will be the first time the, that cricket will be played uh, at the Olympics since 1900. The Will spoke about the Great Britain-France game. But do you, don't you think six to eight teams is just too less? I mean, it's the Olympics at the end of the day. is What yeah. you're talking about?
1: Yeah, I think it's really exciting for the sport, but they have to. It has to be done right. Um, I think. I think it would be great to see some different nations' teams in there. Some lower, you know. Some. I'd love to see Virat Kohli playing against you know, some terrible. Five years from for, <laughs> now, I, I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, what country? What's the worst country at cricket? But I'd love to see Veracoli you I know, line up against that. So it'd be great to have the biggest stars mixed with some younger players um, and definitely some nations that we've never seen play before.
2: Definitely. I think both both of you mentioned very crucial points there with the chance that these that these young the smaller teams will kind of get to play against these big nations that they don't get often or for some of them just never. And Will, you also spoke about why it's such a big uh, development, especially given that the broadcast rights value is going to be so massive. It it is, you rightly mentioned, it's going to be tenfold for the LA28 games. And just imagine with the India 2036 bid, Mm. uh, and, you know, if everything goes right for India, India might just get the 2036 games. Imagine what those rights, what those numbers, and what the 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 buzz around the game could be playing the Olympics in India, so that'll be fun. Uh, cricket, yes, in the Olympics, we'll we'll see how that development uh, further goes through and how successful or unsuccessful LA is after that. Brisbane in twenty thirty two, we know that Australia is another cricketing nation, so they are definitely they are definitely going to vouch for the inclusion of cricket in the 32 games as well. And if India 2036 happens, there's absolutely zero doubt that cricket is going to be part of the Olympics then. So that's another thing that we'll keep our eye on. Uh, again, a very big week for cricket, a very big weekend coming up. And we will join you guys on Tuesday. That's it from us today, given the time that we have. Thank you so much. Thank you, Will. How did you like being on the podcast? first time I <laughs> nah, loved it and uh, looking forward to uh, coming back again soon we'd love to have you again very soon and Michael again good as all, fun as always <laughs> I just
1: loved it looking forward to the next one
2: Yeah, we'll have Will Michael soon as well in the meantime all our episodes are on Spotify you can even find them on the Sports Gazette where you can find a lot of other content that we are doing across sports not just cricket and the World Cup as well Michael has done a weekly roundup of last week's action in the world cup and we're going to be having another weekly roundup coming up soon stay tuned to the sports gazette stay tuned to the one shot podcast on spotify and on sports gazette as well we'll join you guys again very soon until then enjoy your cricket enjoy your weekend and take care sports social podcast network